Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or on SoundCloud to get it automatically. You can catch the show on the Stitcher app as well. Like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. Email me at Josh at MyFirstSketch.com. Follow me on Twitter at MyFirstSketch. Today's episode is the recording of the panel discussion called Community in Comedy, which happened at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House during Philly Sketch Fest weekend. This panel was moderated by Alyssa Truskowski from Cups and a Half and featured Cameron Wiley, Carson Pinch, Jackie Baker, Taylor Plunkett Clemens, James Knight, and Keen Cobb. A word of warning, we were in an active coffee house and comic book store. So you might hear some ambient coffee grinders, blenders, or table tapping. So here's the discussion in its entirety. So thanks, everybody. Thanks for being here. Um, I was thinking we could start for the podcast doing some introductions, um, but telling a, l a little bit about your background or relationship to sketch. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's where we'll start. We can go down the line if you want to start. OK, uh, put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> my name is Keen Cobb. Uh, I've been doing comedy, or comedy for almost like 10 years. And my relationship to sketch, um, before I even knew what it was, I loved it. Because I remember watching like SNL with like my dad when I was like five. Um, as far as like now, uh, I do sketches with my team uh, known as American Express, or AMX for short. Um, that's, I guess that's a good enough for an intro. I mean, I'm a Pisces. I don't, yeah. know, <laughs> I don't know if you need to know that. But nice to know. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm James Knight. Um, uh, same same deal with King. Like I started young. I I started watching In Living Color early, um, and you know through their SNL and Mad TV and all that other stuff on TV. Um, how did I get into sketch? Uh, yeah, yeah. How I got into sketch? Um, before I got got into comedy, comedy, I was doing like uh, a puppet show in uh, a basement with my roommates. We were very high, and <laughs> we bought puppets one day at a um, bookstore. Because that's what you do. Because that's what yeah. you do yeah. at a bookstore. Yeah. Um, and we started like we bought a we bought like a lot of green felt and made a green screen, and we're like, oh, let's just figure some stuff out and make videos. And they weren't funny, uh, but like they're very very stony. And uh, <laughs> they went off and you know did other stuff, and I was like, man, I kind of want to know how to do this. So you know, I came to this community, and here I am. Thank <laughs> you. 
Mm. Uh, <laughs> I started, <laughs> even though I don't sound like I even believe it. I um, I started. I moved to Philadelphia in 2011, and I needed a hobby, and I needed to meet people. So I took an improv class, which is not unusual, and then realized I did not like improv because <laughs> uh, it makes me super nervous because I hate being put on the spot. Um, <laughs> and um, I ended up fortunately getting cast on this group called The Flat Earth, which is a sketch house team through the Philly Improv Theater. Um, and I acted a bunch, I got cast as an actor, and then I started writing because somebody who I'm currently dating uh, thought that I would be a good writer. <laughs> and we've been, and he's looking at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and his name's Matthew Schmidt, everyone. Um, yeah, but anyway, so then um, Matt and I became a writing duo as well. Um, and so I've been doing that ever since. And I also, for a spell, directed uh, Barbara Bush. They're, I'm not going to say they're defunct. They're, they keep it funky. <laughs> but mostly separately. <laughs> um, and that's about it. it. Earlier in my life, I did theater, so that's kind of why I like doing sketch. I get to be a theater person without being around a lot of theater specific people. No, that's yeah, it was a lot. It's fine. I love you. You're very talented. I'm not that talented. Uh, hey, I'm Cam Wiley. I'm from Toronto, Canada. I'm one of the old dogs of sketch comedy up there. Uh, I've, I've been doing it for 10 plus years and not a lot of people uh, make that decade mark and still want to do it. Uh, I've been parts of uh, troops that probably mean nothing to anyone else in this room, even you, Carson. Mm -hmm. um, uh, smells like the 80s, uh, Fun Car, uh, Legacy Troop, Odat Dumb, uh, Oops, It's Chris and Cam. I've been uh, performing <laughs> under my own name, Cam Wiley, for the last year. Um, I've also uh, been a part of the uh, administrative team for the Toronto Sketch Comedy Festival. Uh, I produce and direct uh, video sketches within the community. I've uh, started to direct younger troops, so I'm uh, trying to stay involved with sketch just as desperately as I can for some reason. Uh, and I think it's because uh, I've always found sketch comedy just to be um, the, the best form of comedy because you're just having fun with your pals. And unlike improv, you can replicate that same fun over and over. Uh, it's not just uh, out into the ether and gone forever. Cool. Uh, I'm Carson Finch, and in the Canada, Canada's community, I'm the little baby. Um, but I, uh, I was head writer of the Sketchersons, which is a Toronto uh, legacy troupe. Uh, and I do solo ensemble shows uh, under Carson Pinch, and I was part of uh, Oh That Dumb. Um, like many Canadians, we were born and raised on uh, Kids in the Hall. That's where uh, the reruns um, growing up kind of turned me on to sketch. And you can meet and perform with them in Toronto, <laughs> and some of them are shitty. We'll talk later. Yeah. Some, are, <laughs> some are great. Yeah, some are great. Some are great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm Alyssa Truskowski. I'm the moderator for this panel. I'm on Cups and a Half, um, the all bitch sketch comedy team from Philadelphia. And uh, I was on Fezziwig for um, almost a year, at, which was a fit, which is a fit house team. Um, so I wanted to start, um, there's, 
we have some pre-organized questions. I didn't know if anybody wanted to open the conversation with one that intrigues them, or I can throw one out there. Just kind of a free format. Um, I was gonna say uh, maybe about, we can talk about collaboration. So sketches often, it's really collaborative in nature uh, most of the time. So what do you think contributes to healthy sketch relationships and group dynamics when you're in a troupe or when you're in a duo? Um, anyone can, can start. I think, uh, I think, I think, uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember if it was Cam or Carson. Uh, one of you said that like, it's basically, I think, I think Cam said it, it's basically like um, having fun with your friends, mm -hmm. like all the time. So I mean, it makes it easier because uh, I know, because I joined, I wasn't one of like the uh, founding members of American Express, so like I kind of felt out of place when they asked me to like come in. But once like we we like spent time with each other, like we were preparing for a show, and we literally hang, hung out with each other for like a week straight, yeah. like rehearsed, rehearsed, rehearsed. And all that did was just like literally brought us closer and closer together, and that makes that makes writing easier. That makes um, that makes performing easier and a lot more fun. Cause like now we all within the group we all have at least one inside joke with like one or the other, and inside jokes are the best. Only time inside jokes aren't fun is when you're on the outside. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I think just spending time with like your group or your team. Yeah, I think it makes rewriting things a lot easier. Because like especially if you like each other, mm -hmm. you're gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna listen to their opinion, and not immediately write it off. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I think of sketch comedy, and this is gonna be super dorky. Uh, I think of it as being in a chorus. Um, like occasionally there are, are solos, if you will, but for the most part, you have to kind of like. I think the best groups are able to harmonize all of their kind of like individual voices into one thing. Um, so I think like being a person who is willing to like receive feedback because you do have to rewrite things. Like some people just don't want to hear it. And it's like, well, that person is not going to get anywhere because <laughs> they're fairly impervious to uh, wanting to grow. Right. Uh, so I think like, yeah, being around people you like, obviously that helps. But I think just like naturally being a person who is willing to compromise and like work and be a reasonable person is actually like a very important trait to have. I think like stand up is different because it's, it's usually just one person mm -hmm. and you are you are speaking as yourself so you really get free license over what you're doing but with sketch it's like a little bit more um, like yeah a group identity has to be kind of curated among a bunch of people and, uh, and I don't hate theater people I really, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't I like feel so bad I, oh I had I had I just had a really bad high school experience go on it's okay that, I, um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about how
speaking to the Toronto scene. Because yeah. <laughs> I think it's really interesting uh, how different cities have uh, different ways of working with one another. Uh, in the Toronto scene, it, it's really kind of two different avenues. Either you're on one of three house teams, and then you're thrown in with a bunch of different people, uh, and that, that teaches you uh, a new form of collaboration with people that you may not uh, agree with from time to time, but it, it, you get to learn to do that and you're better off for it. Or you're in a self-directed troupe, a troupe that you put together on your own with people that you want to be with, and uh, you get to learn a very different way of collaborating in that, in that regard. And uh, the way that I always kind of suggest uh, to people in, in, in Toronto, because there's a lot of self-directed troops, um, is a way to kind of form your collaboration or how you deal with people is to create a, a mandate for yourself, a written uh, declaration of what who you are and what you're doing and where you're going. And so when you're collaborating with people in that troop, you can always look to that mandate uh, to guide you. Yeah, uh, Carson and I have worked together on a bunch of different projects, and what has been so helpful is uh, at the very start and checking in uh, on a yearly basis is yeah. what are our goals and how does this project serve that. So off the bat, knowing whether uh, this is a troop that just wants to uh, you know perform twice a month and have some fun versus a troop that wants to get a reel together and travel and do festivals, uh, you're, you're going to avoid so much conflict off the top by just knowing why are we doing this. I guess jumping off of that, do you um, do you guys feel like you have goals in mind to guide your process? And this is a question for everybody. And like, what are some of the goals that you um, set for yourself that you've achieved that has helped guide you in structuring processes? And what are ones that you've had to change? I um, I'm gonna sound like a jerk when I say this. Uh, I'm a very competitive person. Like, I, I love sports, and, like, because of that, I've always had the mindset. And it changed uh, as, I, as, like, the longer I've done it, it changed. But I always wanted to be basically the greatest person ever. <laughs> and then I realized that's not attainable. So I was like, all right, let me dial it back a little bit. And then it kind of changed to uh, wanting to be kind of, like, just remembered. Um, so, I, like, I, my personal lifelong goal uh, is to uh, win an EGOT. That's the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony. Mm -hmm. So from that, I realized I got to be the best version of myself. Because, I mean, like, I'm, like uh, I'm sorry, I keep getting you guys confused. Uh, like Cam said, uh, I've been doing this for, like, 10 plus. I've been doing stand-up for more than, like, at least for about 10 years now. So, like, through that, um, I learned that you, I just want to grow and get better and be a better person for like everybody to be around basically. So yeah, I feel like if I can do that, then I can like reach that goal. Um, I think personally, I'm at a weird point in my creative trajectory uh, because I think um, I never had any specific goals. I didn't even plan on writing. That was just like, a, <laughs> honestly, that was just like a thing that happened. Um, and so this all has just been a strange, serendipitous kind of like journey with people I really like. Um, and you know.
know, I think we all have fantasies of like being on TV or like, you know, like getting discovered, things like that. But recently I realized like I don't think I really want that unless it's totally like on my own terms. Like if somebody is like, Matt and Jackie, we want to offer you a lot of money to do whatever you want. I'm like, oh, hey, I would take that. <laughs> the likelihood of that happening, not that much. But Philadelphia is an affordable city, so it's like a great place to be creative because like, I'm not working full time. <laughs> and it's pretty awesome and my rent is very cheap. So like, um, so I'm kind of just like living in the present nice. as much yeah. as I can. And also like, since I've been doing it for long enough, in Philadelphia, the comedy scene is like not huge, so like I do think, and this is this is gonna sound like I'm patting myself on the back. I'm not like uh, I'm nobody. Don't worry about it. Uh, but like I think I am a little. I'm a I'm a, a medium sized fish in a small pond. <laughs> so I I me and, and Matt and, and Flatters, we have like opportunities because people just know who we are at this point because we've like done enough things. We put content online. Sorry. But sketch videos online. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think we just get like offered weird, fun things to do sometimes for money. So I'm just kind of like doing that right now. So I'm maybe not the most ambitious person. <laughs> so Keen's on one side of the spectrum, and I'm just like chilling. <laughs> Can I talk about um, what happens when you don't have common goals? I work. <laughs> um, and you know, and maybe somewhere else. We've been to like San Francisco. 
So like um, having that is also that that's kind of our goals tend to be like kind of yearly calendar centric. I don't know. I'm just describing things. <laughs> the end. I want to bridge off uh, Jack what you were saying about goals and like kind of more pie in the pie in the sky ideas. Um, yeah. It, how many times have we like gone to New York or LA, been to those shows, and it's a bunch of dudes uh, working on their five minutes for uh, Lorny Mike? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, are you having fun? It, are you growing as a person? Is this good? Why are you doing this? Are you replicating uh, other people? Right, you know, right, like, right, right. Are you so, just trying to be a type? And the flip side of that, if you actually just uh, work hard and be a good person, <laughs> people are gonna find your work. Yeah. And and uh, you're gonna grow and you're gonna be happy and uh, you're gonna get opportunities through that. Um, so that being at the core, just like working hard, growing as an artist, being a good person, yeah. you're, you're gonna like move up in the world yeah. each time. Uh, yeah, rather than just having the goal of like, oh, when I get my shot, <laughs> I'm gonna have the five minutes. And SNL is not the only job you can have. There's so many other jobs. Yeah. And it, it, to get so fixated on that is uh, is really short-sighted and I wanna shake the, those comedians in New York and, and LA. Yeah. It, uh, my bad, it, like, even though I sounded, I was talking like big bleep, I was talking big stuff earlier. I mean, that's- <laughs> and I also, and I also said, I backtracked from that. To what you got? That's a progression. That's the backtrack. That's the backtrack. But what I'm saying is, like, uh, I do, I do agree with your, what you were saying because, like, uh, when I first started, um, I had that mindset of just do, do just enough to be seen, and then at that point, whatever happens, happens. But, like, I've seen enough people get, not, like, the biggest of them, but, like, get opportunities and then not, uh, to be blunt, not at all be ready for that yeah. opportunity. Oh, yeah. yes. Absolutely not. So that is that kind of, that humbled me without having to go through that, like, kind of hurt. So then at that point, I was like, oh, well, if I just try to be the, once again, the best version of me. And pe if whoever likes it, likes it, great. And if not, I guess it's not for them. And like to kind of go back uh, to what Jackie was saying earlier, um, although I want all of all of the big big things, I in a weird way don't care about like the fame or the money from that. I really don't. I just want to be able to do what I want to do because I hate being told what to do. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. So like, not knocking them whatsoever. If I could make like a teacher salary or like a. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not knocking them. I'm not Seriously. like they make like a good like yeah. like forty forty five. I don't know. Thousand dollars a year. Exactly. If we don't know. Exactly. I ate a bag of chips for dinner last night. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. But what I'm saying is, if I could like just make a good wage just from doing what I want to do, hanging out with my friends, I'll be a happy happy yeah. dude. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like the stress level has 
pretty much plummeted. So sure. I mean, that was even a good company to work for. I don't even know how people work at bad companies. Yeah. <laughs> I did for for like three years. Oh no. Yeah, like I, it took three years for me to. It took longer than that for me to realize, like, oh man, like you, you shouldn't tell someone you can wake up at six. A.M. because you can't. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how you much you try, for, you like, can't. You gotta right? literally force yourself. Yeah. Like, like I said, literally like digital booby traps to try to wake me up, and like it does not work. Like your body yeah. just like, nah, bro, we <laughs> going back to sleep. Like, I don't know what you're supposed. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> We've touched on a lot. I don't know if anyone. Um, I don't. There's so many threads to go towards. Um, I guess we can talk about um, how we like to share our work. I quickly want to see uh, I want to see uh, sketch groups um, not film their sketches exactly how they perform them live mm. anymore because it's not fun to watch and it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, think about think about your your uh, your platform that you're uh, that you're shooting on if be it live performance or film. Why are you going to use that camera in some sort of interesting way? Uh, what avenues are you going to put it out on? What uh, it, these are all good questions that you need to think about beforehand. <laughs> but so many times you got to get those like burner sketches out there where you look back at it after and say, "Oh, right, I don't know how to use this camera. Oh, it sounds terrible. Oh, I hate this. Let's yeah, yeah, do it better yeah, yeah, next yeah, yeah, time." You got to yeah. get those practice ones out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah unfortunately, it's a very public learning process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like other people um, think about this as like as a live performing troupe. I, I think of it kind of like bands, honestly. Not that I've ever, this is the closest to being a band <laughs> I'm ever going to get. But um, I think like the live performance should attract people, right? Like word of mouth and like whatever. Just like, oh my God, these people are so funny. That's why doing festivals is so fun because like I come back and it's like, oh, we remember you from last year. And I'm like, seriously? Like, that's, that's really flattering. And the live performance should also like lead people to your, if I'm gonna say it, like web presence, uh, <laughs> and then they can like see your videos or like people find out about your videos, and that makes them want to come see you live. So I think like you can, if you can successfully, and I don't know if we've managed to do this too successfully, but you can kind of like have, you can funnel people in two ways and kind of have like they follow you and then you can you know you promote your live stuff and you put out periodical per periodic whatever. Uh, <laughs> Mm -hmm. I was going to say another word. Uh, <laughs> that it's really hard to direct people to that. 
you know, you yeah. really have to kind of campaign for yourself. And as people who like are working in Philadelphia, we don't have agents. We are, we have to be our own self-promotion machines. So if you're nice to people and you do a good job, you just hope that people will see your stuff. And it could be, after doing this for so long, it, it has gotten, the administrative part of being a sketch comedian has gotten a little bit overwhelming. And it's not my, that's not really why we started doing this, you know? Like, I am a naturally organized person, so I don't mind it a lot, but yeah, so I think people don't realize the amount of effort it takes to, I don't even think this is what we're talking about. But, but you're talking about something very interesting. If yeah. we really want to uh, take our craft to that next level where we're doing the we're doing the art that we love, and yeah. we need to get that in front of people. We need to be doing our best work in a place where people can see it, and that is, you know, 80% online. But there's so many skills we need to teach ourselves because mm -hmm. we don't have the budgets yeah. where we are to hire people to do it. So we got to learn how to be our own uh, uh, camera people, and uh, how to run sound, and how to direct, and how to uh, do post production. Of course, writing acting and then when that's done you got to learn uh you got to be your own social media manager yeah. and it's there's so much to learn and uh it's so hard to do on your own which brings us back to community and learning about uh who that we work with who, which ones of our peers are working hard and have these skills and collaborate together um and just find out who are these people and let's as Bill and Ted said, let's be excellent <laughs> That might be the first and best time I ever heard a Bill and Ted quote. <laughs> it was so eloquent and uh, radical at the yeah. same time. It was beyond fantastic. Uh, I agree with everything that people are saying, and it's like, um, I think, I think I, it keeps going back to like just working hard, because like I have, I've been, I used to film like a lot of my stand-up sets, um, and like for, I got stuff on like YouTube like from years ago and like uh, my friend one day was just like hey man I really like the stuff and I was like what are you talking about he him and his wife on like one boring Saturday <laughs> went on YouTube looked up my name and they said they watched an hour of my stand up and was like yo this is great and I was just like why did you waste your time? Like, why are you? Because like that was stuff from years ago, so I'm not even doing any of that stuff. But that goes back to like um, to quote another movie: "If you build it, they will come." Yeah, that's for sure. Because yeah, yeah. like if you if you can exactly if you can like uh, put the content if you can put the content out and if you work hard enough. People will be like, "Yo, that person is pretty good. Let me see if they got anything else." And like. The, su the the surprise that they'll get or like the joy will be like, oh my God, they, they've been doing this for so long and they'll just sit there, like my friend hopefully, and just like, just take in all, and they, it kind of is cringeworthy a little bit because like, they're taking in all of your mistakes too. Because yes. like, they're taking in like, oh wow. Oh, yeah. It's so public. But at the same time, if they do that, like um, linearly, can't talk. If they do that, they'll actually see your progression yeah. that you'll you kind of forget about because you if you if you're in it you're not really thinking about am I getting better um, am I am I a better filmmaker am I a better actor now you're just doing it just to do it so while you're doing that somebody from the outside be like yo he got better there she got better there that writing is more crisp that joke is better so it's just like it's just you got to keep going and keep yeah. plugging along um, as far as like part of uh, Alyssa's question which format I prefer um, I tried to get on the Vine 
Like, uh, I'm like I'm a mom. I tried to, I tried to get on the vine, <laughs> yeah. but I was like, at a certain point, if you weren't there, if, whenever you tr- you thought, okay, let me try to do this, it was almost too late. Yeah. You must have to like catch it at like right before it turns. But I mean, I don't know anymore. I'm sorry. I got I got stressed out from the, the last answer. I'm sorry. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys take over now. Oh, I definitely prefer live stuff as opposed to digital stuff. I think I'm a little bit scarred from college uh, because I my degree is in uh, media production. So just spending hours upon hours trying to direct and act and produce and then at all the same time and then having to go edit it. I'm, I'm a little scarred from it. I also come from a theater background. I grew up doing theater. So I, I'm an over actor. I play for the back of the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just do like crazy faces. And I, I just love the energy from the audience. I love hearing the laughter in the room. Uh, I do a lot of bar shows. I'm also a singer. Uh, and I love interacting with the audience. I'm working and getting better at hosting. So it, it's just really about the energy of the room for me. And it's not about me performing to make people laugh. Or I mean, it is performing to make people laugh. It's for them, it's not for me. It's for the audience. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the person who will like embarrass myself to no end and like eat the disgusting thing. As long as I see the audience <laughs> laughing and being audibly grossed out. Like, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I'm gonna make you eat some weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think with me, it's more so digital because um, it's where I started, even though it wasn't very good. Um, that's just where I started. And I, I like, there's nothing more satisfying to me it, it, when creating something digital than like doing, like doing something so like over the top, like taking like an hour to paint half of a person's body for five <laughs> seconds of a video. Like, I love that. Like there's nothing that makes me happier than that. And and it, it, it like the 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 not only that just like the the teaching yourself all those things like like you said the teaching yourself all those things from the ground up and messing up and seeing like oh man like I heard somebody coughing you know when we were trying to get this line I got I got to start telling people to shut up while we're doing like you know what I mean like it's learning all these things and I got I just I love it and 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 like there's, there's this like because I'm an only child so like there's this also this part of me where. You're, you know, you're you're sitting in that room by yourself editing with the lights off. It's, just, it's, it's great. It's really creepy and great. I love it. <laughs> hey, I want to bring something up. Uh, it's going to make me sound lazy, but whatever. Uh, I think knowing when to outsource things is an important thing. I've so learned. lazy. <laughs> so lazy. So lazy. <laughs> I I can't do everything. I can't even do the things I do that great. So like I think. Um, you know, when you're in a place for long enough, you do kind of make connections. Uh, you know, you just get to know people who do different things and like who want to do things for you, which is like kind of incredible because I couldn't have imagined 10 years ago like doing ha- doing this stuff and then having people be like, "Yo, I'll I'll film your stuff for free." Like, what? Like, what is wrong with you? And you're like, "Oh, but I'll edit it too. I'll do the most tedious, boring stuff for you." And it's like. God bless you. I, I wish there were more of those people in the world. Um, but people have different skill sets and access to, to like, you know, filming equipment. There's people who, there's like this place that makes puppets not too far away from here. Like there's like all these weird things you find out 
And once you know enough people, you can be like, I have this idea for a video. Okay, who's good at like doing this kind of like cinematography? That person, like who, maybe costumes. Like, and you just like kind of end up like assembling a tiny team based on that. That's like uh, complementary for the project that you're working on. So I think like really getting to know people is like so important for starting any of this stuff. And and it's in a in a place where you kind of have well, we all have no money. So like the <laughs> access to those kinds of people, it's it's amazing. So I would say for anybody getting started, not the question we're talking about, <laughs> uh, just put yourself out there and start to get to know people and be nice to them, and then they'll do stuff for you. A lot a lot of sketch comedians, uh, we, we're always in this this cycle of. Oh, what am I going to do next? Oh, I, I, I'm still not good at this. I, I, where am I going to go from here? Uh, but a lot of time we should take a moment to think about, hey, if we put out a video online, how many people we know don't? We did that. We, we, we got stuff out there. We put up a show. We, we, we're, that's half the battle. Yeah. Uh, and then you take the other half and, and, and run with it. Um, I was about the people you're like, why do you do this? I was like, I look at stage managers and I'm like, who hurt you? What, 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 why, why are you here? <laughs> like, like, yeah, they really get treated. Yeah. I know. It's, like, <laughs> it's awful. Um, I feel a lot from those comments because I, I'm not a sketch writer. I, I don't write sketches. I tried really hard when I was a teenager to write sketches and I, I can't write jokes. the time. Um, we started talking a little bit about it, but um, one of the reasons I wanted to provide a range of experience and some different perspectives, um, but I think it's fair to say that in many sketch communities there's a hierarchy, whether it's um, formal with like uh, theater house teams or whether it's informal based off of relationships and experience. So um, I guess it's a two-part question. Um, what 
are some ways that we can um, navigate or break down hierarchy and hierarchical structures where we see that's important? And then what values have you seen from the informal hierarchies that exist in the sketch community? You know, small question. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's a very quick thing. Uh, Cameron and I have worked with the Toronto Sketch Comedy Festival. Uh, a very quick and easy thing to kind of break down uh, a little bit of uh, gatekeepers and, uh, yeah. and people being uh, uh, picking their own bunch is uh, it, it, for festival-wise, so get a jury uh, that, that starts, has people in the, the top and the bottom, diverse range of people, uh, and, and that will inform your festival uh, better. Yeah, it's a quick little easy thing. Mm -hmm. Going back to Toronto Sketchfest, uh, in years previous, we've had issues with uh, visibility. Uh, of, and Canada, and Toronto specifically, is kind of, well, the comedy community is super white. Um, but it's also like, you if you go see a comedy show, you, you and you're uh, someone, uh, a diverse comedian, uh, and you're not seeing your people there, you're like this space is not for me. Yeah. So, if, as long as you hold hold people up uh, of diverse backgrounds, and finally people will be like, oh my god, I can do this too. I can do that too. Same thing with uh, yeah, like Broad City. And you're like, holy shit, I can get a cheap. Uh, those people. Yeah. I I can get I can do that. 
Yeah. Let's work towards that. That yeah. sounds great. Because yeah, I know American Express, we we did um, we do shows at colleges from time to time, and there's been a couple times when after the show we'll have um, students come up to us, like young black students come up to us and be like, hey, like we didn't know we could do that. Right. Like, right. Exactly. And, I, and to me, like I'm just like, oh shit, like I I forget that there's that that's still a thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's just it's just amazing to me that that. It's still a hurdle. People are still like trying to get over, but um, I, I don't know where I was going with that. I just want to say something real like, okay, well, real, like black and extra. I'll, you know I mean? I'll, 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 pick, I'll pick up the baton. I'll keep going. So, as far as far as I'll try to hit both, like all the topics. So, as far as like diversity, it's definitely very important to have as many different um, as many different faces, as many different voices as possible, because. Uh, even even in a diverse team, if it's like an all female team or an all like POC uh, people of color team, there can be a dominant voice within that team, and then not everybody agrees on. So like there there even even within trying to be as diverse as possible, there might be issues. But that that goes back to what we were saying like way earlier as far as like if you work with people that you enjoy, you will be able to like uh, overtake those hurdles. As far as the hierarchy thing. Um, uh, in my mind, like I had to deal with that personally uh, when it came like the stand up because whoever I thought at the time was like the top, or how come they're getting booked? How come they're getting booked? How come my, I'm not getting booked? It goes back to kind of being confident in yourself and and in your team um, and knowing that a hierarchy is is a list that you kind of make up in your mind. If you put yourself, at, if you if you put if you put yourself down, then yeah, people will be like quote unquote above you. But in my mind, and like once again, this is like, with all due respect, when it comes to American Express, the way I build our team, I always say your favorite sketch team's favorite sketch team, because it's like if you have the self confidence to believe that you are the best of what you can be, then not to not to dismiss the question, I don't think. That there is a hierarchy, or in my mind, there isn't, because like I once because uh, what Jack was saying as far as like the internet being a level playing field, we all can do whatever we want at that point in time. It just depends on how hard you want to work and who wants to see your content, honestly.
that, I mean, this brings us to the next question that I definitely want to touch on. Like, so how would you envision like bringing the things that are important to you? And this question is, you know, generally open to everybody, but I'd like to start with Taylor. Yeah. Um, how, what would you like to see for the future of sketch? How would you like to bring that aspect of re representation to sketch? And, you know, especially with that kind of avenue, especially as a bisexual woman also, like it's hard, sometimes I find it like, um, you know, inserting the political aspects that we have like into our art is super important, but at the same time, like um, what is the, in my mind, I always go to what is the priority look like? What is the funny thing? What's the most important, for sure. you know? And then for cups, like we, uh, you know, we're predominantly, ha we're, we're a semi-queer team. And um, we, um, you know, so we infuse it into what we do, but I don't think it's apparent because other points we want to get across are so much more um, driven home. So what would you like to, how would you envision, like what's something that could make that happen? Well, I'm really excited because next weekend, Fit is having a whole like night of pride programming. Mm -hmm. uh, my theater company is participating in it and the improv group for LGBTQI folks, low hanging fruit is participating in it. Um, a bunch of people, there's, there's like three blocks of programming in addition to like workshops. So I'm really excited Everybody know, yo, folks, I'm queer as fuck. <laughs> Sorry, this is supposed to be PG. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I started a variety show at Fit because I want to see the people who I want to see on stage, and I want to keep it gay as heck. So I'm like, I'm gonna try to bring on people who are not straight white men. Sorry to any straight white men enjoying this, but I want to see the people who I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to insert a point. Uh, I have seen in the past like couple years uh, theaters uh, and venues making a concerted effort to like bring diverse programming sure. in the mix. And also like I think of, I think I've, uh, Matt and I have had this conversation before, not to put Matt on the spot. Uh, no, but I <laughs> look at his face. Uh, <laughs> love this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, he's gonna break up with me right after this. So <laughs> I think that um, that traditionally comedy and a lot of like art forms have been dominated by white people, just to speak frankly, as one of them. Um, and it's and a lot of that has to do with like connections, and a lot of that has to do with finances, which is like yep. a thing. Yep. To support yourself yep. as an artist, it's super hard, and you get a lot of help from people. My aunt's paying my phone bill, God bless. And <laughs> and I think like now you see theaters offering diversity scholarships. So it's like mm -hmm. if finances are an issue, there are actually ways now where those people, the, the playing field has been leveled to like entry, like the entry point into this stuff. Because like taking, say you want to like meet people. Oh, you suggest like, oh, we'll take a class. What if I can't afford to take a class? Yeah. Like those can be super, especially in New York or mm -hmm. LA. Yep stuff is insane so and, and then you have to live in New York or LA which is also more expensive so I think like that could really prevent a lot of people of all different like socioeconomic backgrounds um, what have you like uh, that could prevent those people and on top of the visibility thing yeah. and not feeling like they're welcome into the community 
So there's all these barriers, and I think slowly they're being chipped away at. Are we totally there? No. But I think like the fact that I've seen a lot of theaters, like Philly Improv Theater has a diversity scholarship. Um, you know, I've seen diverse program at Good Good as well. Like all these places are like looking to change things, and you need to the structures themselves need to change in order for that to happen. And also people. The, oh, uh, uh, the the diversity scholarship that FIT offers, uh, I took full advantage of that because like I've been wanting I've been wanting to do like uh, different classes for like at least a good two three years and like it just the money just wasn't there so because of that that definitely like got me in the door and then once there I was able to like meet like minded people. It, like like what Taylor was saying earlier, and then start putting stuff, start putting things together, cause like uh, I don't want to toot my own horn, but do 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 do. Um, <laughs> uh, because of because of the uh, scholarship, I I started me and two of my friends. We started a show there. I used to run kind of uh, monthly called Black History Monthly, and then and our our plan our plan with that, cause like there's so much art wherever you are. If you don't know about it, you won't see it. So we made it made it a thing. Like I, I didn't mean to like shun like our white friends, but at the same time, it's just like people know about you. They don't know about this. Like, yeah, yeah. We got you. But like, and through that, I was able to um, discover American Express, and then we have a show called uh, Family Business where we do the same thing, where we try to put out different types of like acts that you normally wouldn't see or even hear about. Um, and to stretch it out even further, I have a, a podcast called Alt Black, where I just talk about being an alt uh, black guy in America, which is basically just being a regular guy in America that <laughs> happens that happens to be black, and just letting people know it's just like there's no there's no like divide. It's just different things we got to deal with, but it's just still you have to be able to like put. I hate saying it like this. You got to put put it in people's faces. You got to be like, look, this is who I am. This is who we are. Here we are. This is that simple. Well, one thing I'd like to see for sure is um, uh, trying to get um, people of color in, into like writers' rooms. It just not and just just to be in a room with other people to write because there's not there's there's because working with American Express for like three four years, they like it, you 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 have this you have this own internal language with each other. You have this comfort with each other that. Um, you know, you don't. A lot of people don't have that luxury of of receiving, and they may not jump into trying to write with somebody else because they might not feel like their voice will be heard or whatever. So that might, you know, stop them from doing that. So, like, I think that um, just maybe just starting this small like writers' rooms just for people to get comfortable and to, to in, in expressing their ideas. And because and, and if you can express your ideas around like similar people, then you know it, it'll make it that much easier for you to express your ideas in a room full of people that don't look like you. You know what I mean? And which is, you know, if you plan on working and doing this, is probably what that looks like in a yeah. room full of people that don't look like you. So I think I think that's a, that that would be a good stepping stone for like this community to see. I think.
Yeah, I think it's important that, that uh, you, you, you think about it as a process that you must be dil diligent about all the time. Mm -hmm. And you've got to put it in your brain because you often ask someone who's like, why, why is the show all white dudes? And you're like, I literally didn't, they say, I literally didn't think about it. It's like, no, do we, we need to all be thinking yeah. about it and chipping away at these hurdles and roadblocks uh, that marginalized people stand up against. Um, yeah, we all, we all agree here <laughs> that, that we all agree. I, Wait a minute now. <laughs> a diverse. <laughs> that was the black guy saying that. Obviously, a diverse community is a better community. Yes. Yeah. So it's just something to like keep in your mind all all the time and be diligent about. Can I make a yeah. weird comparison? <laughs> I think like uh, I think like diversity. It's like making. Uh, I'm not a good cook, but here we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like any meals, my boss is a very good cook, and occasionally she gives me food that she's making downstairs, and I'm like, holy crap! And I'm like, what is it about this that's so good? I'm like, oh, her combination of flavors is amazing, and that's what makes this so like special. And I think like you know, if it were up to I don't know, if things stayed the way they have been, it'd be a very bland, uh, you know, Anglo meal that we all eat. <laughs> a a, a gruel, if you will. Boiled meat potatoes. Yeah, and nobody wants to eat that. Like, it gets really terrible after a while, you know? And it's like, I think you're starting to see all these different flavors emerge. And like, I don't know, like Issa Rae has this HBO show, mm -hmm. you know? And that's okay. very much about like her experience. And like, all these creators are now coming, coming out of the woodwork and making their own stuff. And I think like, I think these are the new role models, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, like, very excited about the future, even though right now it's a political nightmare because there's a backlash against this stuff. But I think, like, you know. <laughs> Am I right? Has anybody noticed this? Uh, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Just uh, coincidentally, the past few years. Uh, but I think, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're it's a right. process. Yeah, yeah, it's a process. Yeah. I don't know what my point is. I'm excited for the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have any questions from the audience? Yeah. Please, uh, do you mind talking to the microphone if you don't mind? Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Isaiah. I'm from Washington, D.C. I'm part of the Bad Medicine, who's here to perform. We also performed on Saturday and killed as well, so yeah. EGOTS to everybody. EGOTS, uh, I assume everyone here is involved in sketch or in a group format or have done that in some way. Uh, my question is for the minorities uh, and the women are included in that. Sorry, guys. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, in, um, who gave you kind of, who gave you the baton to do comedy? How did you get started? One sentence. Like, what was the okay moment or the moment someone said, hey, you get on stage and do this? Or, like, you were like, hey, I can do this too. Like, what was that moment that kind of gave you the, uh, yes, I'm going to give this a shot? Like, what was that? Like, one sentence. Uh, very interestingly enough, it happened, for me, it happened in D.C. Um, I was, I went to a trade school and like we did like the student government thing. We took a field trip to DC. Uh, we stayed at the, I can't remember its name, the Deaf College. Um, oh, Galloway Deaf? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. We went there, and uh, there was like a for like a like a um, for a uh, this should be one sentence. I'm sorry for a um, <laughs> for a conference, and they had a talent show there, and I wanted to do. I thought about. I was like nervous about doing like um, impressions or whatever. And one of my friends, uh, Mike, I will never forget it. He literally, because uh, he was so cool. He was all short. And he was so cool. He was just like, he was like, man, forget all that, man. Just go up there and be you. Like, you always be having this laughing. Go up there, just do you, and then everything be cool. And then ever since then, I'm getting all, like, uh, <laughs> thinking about it. But it's like, ever since then, that literally, like you said, that opened the door. And ever since then, I've held on to that because – he said, just be yourself and everything be cool. So, yeah, that was my moment. <laughs> For me, it was a, a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a fantastic improviser in Philadelphia um, named Kristen Shear. Uh, Kristen Shear, she, uh, I was going through a, uh, a run of failed auditions locally, and I was just like, ah, oh, she's like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's not, maybe this isn't the thing for me. Like, I'm having fun doing it, but like, eh, maybe, eh, maybe this is just, you know whatever maybe it was just taking classes maybe it was just like a career like not getting things kind of guy so um she she like sent me a, a facebook message uh, out of the blue one day and um wanted to know if i wanted to audition for the end crowd which is a short form team and i that in and of itself was enough for me to be like oh like somebody of that like yeah. ilk of that cloth if mm -hmm. you will Thing said like oh like I can I can do this like you're at least giving me like a shot at least to prove that I can do it and like I haven't I haven't been the same since. You gonna change, man? But uh, Kristen Sherry like definitely, definitely like let me know whether she knows it or not. Just let me know like hey like you're uh, you're good enough like just just do your thing.
and I did theater, but I don't have a great voice, uh, so you know a lot of that stuff is musicals in high school, and they'd be like, you can just be like child number two, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fine, I, I love this. Uh, but uh, when I moved to Philly, and I was like, I need a hobby, I need to do something, uh, this person at my work was like, you should do improv, like she was like a former actress and stuff, and, and I was like, no, I didn't even consider that as an option, so I like went home, Googled improv Philadelphia, <laughs> uh, Philly Improv Theater came up, I took a class, felt like I was terrible at it. I secretly wanted to be a stand-up. I do not want to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not for me, I have nothing to say. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I really don't. And so anyway, I was in that improv group. We were, you know, fine, middling, you know, improv group. And then uh, our director at the time, Jess Ross, was like, oh, there's auditions. I just got cast as a writer on the Flat Earth, this Philly Improv House team. I think, like, you should audition as an actor. And I was like, <laughs> you know, because I, I felt like I was, I was terrible at this. And I was like, well, I mean, if Jess thinks I should, and she's, like, very, very funny and talented, and I've watched her just, like, do amazing things, I'm like, maybe I should do it. So I had, like, a glass of wine. I auditioned. <laughs> I had a really weird audition. <laughs> they seemed to like it. And then, um, so that was like my gateway into that. And then like, just to keep being involved in the sketch, like Matt was like, apparently saw something in me that I didn't see. And was like, I think, I think you, I want to write with you specifically. And I was like, me? Because Matt is like the funniest person I know. And so that was like, I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> that was, I was like really <laughs> honored by that, um, that he like chose me to do that. So, I mean, had not, had, had I not met Matt through that weird series of events, like, I wouldn't still be doing this, nor would I be writing anything. And it turns out I can write. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the things I hear from that is um, the importance of having people in your corner, yeah. whether it's like people you look up to who are mentors or just somebody who like provides the idea so that you can gain traction and then take off. Um, I will say, for me, uh, one of the things that was so helpful for me getting started in stand up, which led me to improv and other forms, is that um, I saw. Eliza Schlesinger and Amy Schumer's like first Comedy Central, like uh, their first times, and then I saw their first half hours, and it was so nice to see like women comics who weren't Sarah Silverman, Jeannie Garofalo, people who I'd like as a as a younger teenager child like looked up to, and having people like similar to my age doing things, I was like, oh, like this kind of voice is possible. Like I want to do this. And then the other thing I was gonna say is. I took a stand-up class, and I also did like the Philly Improv uh, workshops, and I used the diversity scholarship. And just the ability to have opportunities to take the class, like for someone like me who needs structure and needs someone to explain it in a way um, so that I can understand it and make it my own, that opened the doors. Because I tried stand-up uh, four years before I started officially doing stand-up, and I went to these terrible open mics in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and uh, it was, it was terrible. So, uh, so those types of structures, like some formal structures, they do have for me some value um, to how I learn, and um, yeah. And so I'm grateful where we can open those for for more people to to join in. So, um, I think we're gonna close for questions for time, but uh, I believe all of the comedians will be around if people want to have some chats and things like that. Um, in a moment, I'm going to ask you all to tell us uh, your ways we can follow you online, if you have anything big coming up in the next couple weeks. I don't know when this goes out. Oh, this goes out Tuesday. So if you have anything coming up after Tuesday, you can definitely 
chat about that. But um, I just want to thank everybody for coming here to Amalgam Coffee and Comics. This place is so great for hosting us. Thank you so much. Um, it's been an awesome time here. It's been a great time listening to you all and um, fostering uh, an initial conversation that will hopefully continue. Um, so why don't we start with uh, Keen, if you will give us some plugs, and then we'll do uh, audience questions if there are any. Okay. Uh, well, uh, you can follow me on like everything on social media. I use I just use my name, uh, Keen Cobb, K E A N E C O B B. Um, that's the Instagram, Snapchat, the uh, the Facebook, uh, the MySpace, the uh, Friendster, the uh, LinkedIn. 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 Yeah, great. Uh, Black Planet. Uh, black people meet. Shout out to Black Planet. Yeah. They need to sponsor somebody. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I am, too, so uh, by the time you're hearing this, I would have already recorded my live podcast, uh, All Black, at the uh, a place in North Philadelphia. I can't remember the, the address. I'm sorry. Um, mm -hmm. So you, it's Tuesday. You don't know about that yet. Anyway, uh, but tonight, uh, Tuesday night, uh, you can come down to Helium Comedy Club at 7, because I'll be there performing at Philly's Funniest. And then uh, the next night, I will be at uh, Punchline in the All, All Philly Showcase um, at, at 8, I do believe. And if you find yourself in New York, uh, I'm going to be up there uh, Friday. No, Jersey City, Friday. So I'm all over the place. And I got a bunch of stuff uh, with American Express that I think the next person can explain more of because I don't remember all nah, of nah, them. Nah, I, ain't, I ain't got none. Uh, no, no. Um, <laughs> Uh, you can follow me at uh, James B Knight on all the all the socials. Uh, J A M E S B K N I G H T. Um, that includes YouTube, where there's sketches, uh, both uh, good and bad. Um, um, what else? There's uh, oh every every month uh, Thursday nights at nine at Philly Improv Theater. I host this show called Inside the Black Actor Studio, where we just watch a movie starring black actors and make fun of them. Um, yeah. In good ways. In, in, it's in good, good nature. It's, it's all in it's good hilarious. fun. It's, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, uh, what else? Uh, every Friday, um, I'm in the end crowd. Um, not every Friday, like every other Friday, but every Friday, the end crowd is there at Philly Improv Theater, 7 p.m. Um, American Family Business, family business yeah. every month, every last Friday of every month at 10 p.m. at Philly Improv Theater. Shout out to Philly Improv Theater, Shout really. Shout out to Philly Improv Theater. Um, what else? Are we doing anything else? Oh, we got Sketch Wrestle Sunday, but this comes out Tuesday. Yeah, they're not so going to be here. Yeah. 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 It's too late uh, for that. But just know we killed. Yeah, we got, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we crushed it, y'all. You'd be so proud of us. Oh, yeah. They all got egos. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, every single one of us. We got chains now with just every... Every trophy just hanging off of our neck. Yeah. It's a beautiful yep. thing. I think that might. We got stuff coming up, but I don't remember. There's <laughs> yeah, there's this stuff coming up. Like go to AmericanExpressComedy.com, yeah. and then we'll have stuff there. You'll see like and some we'll put, stuff up there. We'll yeah. put everybody's like links and stuff in the show notes or on the website, so people can follow it easily. Oh yeah, and sorry, Wednesdays for the rest of the month of June, two very funny improv teams, In Space and Rockefeller. Go see them. Where? Of Philly Improv Theater. Oh, of so. course. Awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. <coughs>
you want to hear about my gay journey. Um, I will be at FIT performing for Pride next Saturday, June 9th, doing some songs and some goofy glitter stuff, probably. Um, and I have my show, The Witching Hour, at the end of June at FIT Comedy on uh, Thursday, June 28th. So you can come see that, and that's going to have some really funny folks on that. And that's it. Hi, I'm still Jackie Baker. Your old pal Cameron Wiley here. Uh, you can follow me uh, online at Cameron Wiley. Just plug it into Google. You're either going to get me or a New York uh, real estate agent. Uh, and his listings are beautiful, so follow him too. Uh, Carson Pinch and I perform in Philadelphia as the original Arugula Boys. Uh, we had our set uh, on Saturday night, and nothing went wrong, which was pristine. Uh, we are also the uh, the minds behind uh, Turbo Gulp, which which will be launching soon. It's a uh, best-in-class digital platform for uh, that brings you hilarious and personalized content strategies. So uh, it's great. Uh, we actually worked with a bunch of uh, Philadelphia comedians while they were in Toronto mm -hmm. for uh, Toronto Sketch Fest. We uh, shot a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, come see your Philly favorites and uh, your favorites from across uh, Canada. Uh, Carson Pinch here, plug it in, at Carson Pinch. Um, I'd also recommend a Toronto Sketch Comedy Festival is a good is a good time. Uh, I re recommend anyone is, who's interested apply, and it's a it'll, let's party. And I'm Alyssa Triskowski. Uh, I'm in Cups and a Half, and uh, we're spending the summer doing some digital work. Uh, and you can find me also doing stand up, and I'm on uh, in space with uh, James's team, Rockefeller, on Wednesday mm. nights in June. So um, thank you so much uh, again to Amalgam Coffee House. And uh, yeah, thanks. I'm looking forward to seeing you all perform very soon. Thank you. Thank you. Many thanks to Amalgam Comics and Coffeehouse for hosting the discussion. Go check them out at 2578 Frankfurt Avenue. It's a really cool spot. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. And our Instagram is at phillysketchfest. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.com dot bandcamp dot com and like my first sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy. <laughs>